Hi, welcome back to Quarter Life Crisis, the podcast where we talk all things good as I attempt to dig my way out of my own quarter life crisis. We're back talking about this month's theme, exploring more specifically National Treasure movies and the Vlogbrother YouTube series, Thoughts from Places. But first, I'm changing my upload schedule slightly. I don't know if you care, I don't really have that many listeners, but instead of it being every other Tuesday, it's now going to be twice a month, on the 15th and the last day of every month. Why? It just makes my life a little bit easier, it makes it easy to keep on top of. I should also say, just as a matter of fact, I'm not making this my job. It's something I do for fun. So if I don't make something I'm proud of at the time, it'll come out later. That might never be the case, but I refuse to upload work I'm not proud of. Enough housekeeping, let's get nerdy. Over quarantine, I watched every single Nicolas Cage film, and it's genuinely warped my perception on reality. Like Arbed from Community, I'm still trying to figure out if he's a good actor, and I'm generally surprised he hasn't had a successful franchise attached to him yet. Besides National Treasure, that is. National Treasure was a 2004 film produced by Disney with a budget of $100 million, making over $340 million back. Despite being cheesy and not having a great Rotten Tomatoes score, it got a sequel and was even more profitable and actually not half bad. As a film student, I feel like I need to clarify, National Treasure is not the gold standard of cinema. It's trying far too hard to be Indiana Jones meets The Da Vinci Code, but damn it if it isn't fun. I must confess, as someone who spends a lot of time studying and making films, I strongly believe they don't all need to be Oscar-worthy, or even good on a technical level to be important films that shape people. Sometimes being entertaining is enough, and that to me is what makes this franchise worth talking about. National Treasure is about Benjamin Franklin Gates, whose family is famous, or rather infamous, for their obsessive search for an incredible treasure. It's a story of family, of legacy, and of history. All things that have a lot of heart and are incredibly important. It's in that spirit that the film really succeeds. The journey to finding the treasure sees him travel from the Arctic, through places of American history, and even sees Nick Cage steal the Declaration of Independence. It remains one of the few films Sean Bean doesn't die in, and encourages people to explore history in all its forms. Like any action-adventure film, it's over-the-top, dramatic, and admittedly a little cliché, but the way it tackles American history, the passion it shows in exploring and learning, no doubt fueled a lot of people to explore their personal histories, to explore national history, and to have adventures for themselves. While National Treasure is cheesy, it is so charming. While the history may not be perfect, it does a far better job of explaining and exploring history and its implications than many films of a similar caliber. And honestly, my whole family enjoyed it when I was a kid. Or at least they pretended to. The whole appeal of a treasure hunting movie is the journey, not so much the destination. And as a hyperactive, inattentive five-year-old, getting me to sit down for two hours was an achievement. This film did just that while sticking with me for a long time afterwards. The constant chase from FBI agents and opposing treasure hunters is an excellent way of keeping things interesting, and the consistent focus on how history affects modern life is not only informative, it also pushes the plot forward. Which is important because the story of any treasure hunting movie is essentially the same. It's the characters that make the whole idea of exploring so appealing and encouraging. So let's talk character. Ben, the main character, began as a pretty obnoxious stuck-up man-child, and now that I'm saying this out loud, I finally understand why they cast Nick Cage. Over the film, we see him become a bit more down-to-earth, listen to people around him and work as a team. In the sequel, we really see that at its max. When he doesn't have the answers he needs, 
For the first time in a while, he truly turns to his sidekick, Riley. Ben's dad changes from a paranoid skeptic to an adventure-loving father who really grows to support his son. These character arcs are subtle, but they make the film work. There's something about exploring history that unlocks the truth about who we are. Maybe the real treasure was the friendships we made along the way. In the past decade or so since National Treasure was put on hold, rumours have constantly been circulating about a third film to close the trilogy. A film that was stuck in development hell for a long time. It's been confirmed that a third film with the original cast is on the way, and that a Disney Plus series with a younger cast will also be in development. I'm cautiously excited, I think encouraging people to look at the past, and to use that to look forward is a great idea if done well. For now though, I give National Treasure 7 stars, but I give Nick Cage's acting a 10 out of 10, I think. I'm still really torn on whether or not he's a good actor. After the break we'll talk Thoughts From Places, a series of video essays from the Vlogbrothers YouTube channel. Thoughts From Places is a video series uploaded to YouTube by the Vlogbrothers Hank and John Green, both excellent authors and internet personalities. The Vlogbrothers' first video was January 1st, 2007, for a project they called Brotherhood 2.0. For the whole year, one brother would make a vlog, the other would reply the next day. This was the only form of communication beyond maybe phone calls. Brotherhood 2.0 is over 13 years old. It started when I was just six, but the Vlogbrothers community has since grown to over 3.3 million subscribers. The success of their channel led to other big channels like Crash Course, SciShow, and in one way or another, both brothers were deeply involved in bringing mental floss to YouTube. But my favourite endeavour of theirs is Project for Awesome, a charity movement first launched in December of 2007. Every year, hundreds of videos are created by independent YouTubers promoting the event, and it's responsible for millions of dollars to a vast array of charities. Now I'm nearly 21, and Vlogbrothers has been a community that not only brings a lot of good things to the internet, but to the creators that make the internet what it is. I haven't even mentioned VidCon or the art assignment, or any other number of great things they've done. I will almost definitely make a video about some of the wonderful projects they've been involved in in the future, but knowing the basic history is important to understanding the context of the videos I'm about to talk about. Because there's something important and intimate about watching a long-distance conversation between two brothers, something I think makes thoughts from places resonate much more than if it was addressed to just the audience. Clearly I'm not the only person that feels that way. Thoughts From Places consistently gets more views than the average Vlogbrothers video, and it's immensely rewatchable. Thoughts From Places is a series of YouTube videos around 4 minutes long with deep, thought-provoking topics that pack a punch, inspire, and promote critical thinking. More often than not, they're a critical look at the everyday wonder we see in our lives. Topics like the sunset, companionable silence, the horizon line things that are easy to take advantage of, but when you take time to look at them, to explore their meanings, you realise how beautiful they are. It's no surprise that I, a man who makes a podcast about good things that are easy to overlook, would find a video series about essentially the same thing to be... beautiful. And while I'm not as eloquent a writer as John Green, or as book smart and influential as Hank Green, this exercise on working on being more positive is something that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for thoughts from places. Seeing two grown men, now both in their 40s, continue to learn and grow is the real driving force of a lot of things I do. It's important to remember you never stop learning and developing, no matter how old you are. And seeing John and Hank Green do that is one of the things that's pushed me forward. There are no age barriers for exploring and growing, and sometimes that's easy to forget. 
adults are usually seen as fully formed or even superior in many ways. But if we stop growing and adapting, we lose things that make us fundamentally human. James Fletcher, in an article for Medium, said, Knowledge is gained by exercising wisdom through the experiences that you allow yourself to walk through, and the people you spend your time with. And he's right. While I can't spend my time with many people under the current situation, it won't always be this way. When it's safe to go out and explore with friends, it's definitely on my to-do list. Thoughts from Places mostly takes place when the Vlogbrothers are on holiday, on tour, in moments of stress or difference that otherwise would feel overwhelming. It's often a moment of levity for the brothers and a moment of levity for the viewer as well. The videos are less about vlogging and more about critical reflection, exploration, learning, and experiencing the world around them. I almost always learn something wonderful from those four-minute videos, whether it be an exploration of inequality, a short essay on what they learned from their travels, or how pausing to see the world as something more is an essential and important thing to do. I give thoughts from places, nine stars. And that's the end of the show. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at itsmrdanj. You can review us in-app, it helps us out an awful lot, and you can find out all of the information for the show notes on Patreon. And I leave you now with an excerpt from one of the most recent Thoughts from Places videos, What You Love and How, narrated by John Green. So for me, I guess it's not mostly about whether you love a K-pop band or a sports team. It's about whether that love sustains you and connects you deeply to others. And it's also about whether that love needs to create outsiders in order to survive. Can you be a Christian without damning those who aren't? Can you be a Liverpool fan without hating Manchester United? Can the us survive without a them to fuel it? We have to be careful about what we love, of course but we also have to be careful about how we love it.